Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, if you've got a revelation of who Jesus is, I think we ought to give God a great praise. Hallelujah. Come on, we shout about blessings. We shout about, amen, his favor. But I think there's something we ought to shout about, and it's the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. He said, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, there was no God formed before me, neither shall there be after me. I think we ought to give that one God. Hallelujah. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead was in Jesus Christ bodily. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who's above all, through all, and in you all. I think we ought to give God praise. Do I have any witnesses in the house? Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Philip said, Lord, show us a Father and it be sufficient. But Jesus looked right back at Philip and said, Philip, if you've seen me, I want to tell you what you've seen. You have seen the Father. I want to tell you, is there any that knows who Jesus is tonight are there any people that know who Jesus is tonight he's not a third person of a fictitious trinity but he's God almighty almighty he's Emmanuel God with us he said I'm Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end the first and the last which was which is and which is to come the Almighty it's what Isaiah saw when he said for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders do I got any one God people the Bible declares that he is the everlasting father the prince of peace somebody ought to give him a shout of praise here today hallelujah hallelujah church let's never forget what separates us and what makes us different it's the I am that I am the one that was and is and is to come the almighty let's give him praise hallelujah come on let's give God a shout of praise let's give God a shout of praise let's give God a shout of praise hallelujah he's God all by himself don't need nobody else nobody could create him nobody could form him not made with hands but we were made by his hands somebody ought to give God praise hallelujah let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this house in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. I want to tell you about this one God, amen. That is, that is the fundamental revelation of the entire Bible. In the beginning, God, not God's, hallelujah. In, in fact, the first time you see polytheism show up in the Bible, it's in Genesis chapter 3 when the devil shows up. The devil shows up, and he says, if you eat this, you'll be like God. You will be a God yourself. Amen. But the Bible says in James chapter, uh, one, or chapter 2, verse 19, that you believe there's one God. You do well when you believe that. Because even the devils believe that there's one God, and the Bible declares they tremble. You want to make all the hell tremble in your life? Remind the devil, there is only one God, and you are not him. Remind your flesh, there is only one God, and I am not him. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody give the Lord some praise here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Made me want to preach on the oneness of God tonight. Hallelujah. Had half a mind to do it. I memorized a lot of verses about the oneness of God. Amen. Because it was a fun, it is the fundamental doctrine of the Bible. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. And then we'll be reading a couple of verses in Psalms 63, 1 through 2. Psalms 42, 1 through 2. Amen. And uh, also Psalms 84, 1 and 2. So we got a couple verses we're going to read here tonight. But we're going to start in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. The word of the Lord declares to us, and I prayed about Amen. Whether or not I should preach something different, I felt like just staying in the vein that we're in. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall, everybody say, they shall be filled. They shall be filled. Blessed are those which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalms chapter 63, amen, Psalms chapter 63 and verse number 1, the word of the Lord declares, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longs for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Skipping back to Psalms 42. Psalms 42. I'm going to read this in another translation for us here today. The word of the Lord declares, As the deer pants or longs for flowing streams or after the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then one final scripture, Psalms 84. In verse number 1, Psalms chapter 84. And verse number 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Amen. And I want to preach to us, teach to us, talk to us tonight on this subject. Blessed are the insatiable. Blessed are the insatiable. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe God is moving already and that God is working on us and God has already been speaking to us. I felt his presence all day today at this church. And I believe God's going to use this word, amen, to get into our bones and into our DNA today. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray, God, give me a spirit 
of insatiability, amen, hallelujah, of unquenchable desire for the things of God. Hallelujah. I'm praying today that that would move amongst the church and through the people, God. Hallelujah. Amen. An insatiable, unquenchable desire as many other generations before us have had. Hallelujah, Lord. Let us have it in this generation as well. In Jesus' wonderful name, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. Blessed are the insatiable. Jesus said, amen, as we are continuing on with this blessed life of living. Amen. That word blessed is happy are you. Amen. Fulfilled are you. I believe that there's people here today that you desire to be happy. Amen. This ain't Joel Osteen's happy. This is not self-help book happy. This is Jesus Christ happy, amen. This is what's really going to change your life, what's really going to bring fulfillment, what's really going to bring joy, amen. And Jesus, amen, as his custom, is telling us things that seem counterproductive. We've talked about it already, amen. He talked to me immediately, starting us up the ladder of the blessed life, telling us blessed are the poor in spirit, those that have not enough to make it one more day without the handout from heaven. Amen. And he told us blessed are those that mourn, that are sensitive, amen, as if they are going to a funeral, amen. And then he told us, uh, amen, blessed are the meek, uh, those that have their strength reigned in and under the control of the master. All of these seem counterproductive to what our world would teach us. And then today, amen, as we're reading our text, he tells us that you are blessed if you are hungry and if you are thirsty. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a blessing to me. But when you think about Jesus is talking to us about the internal man, and he's using things that all of us can relate to, Amen. This is probably the most quoted uh, beatitude in the Bible, one that is used, amen, at the opening of a service. Amen. Are there any hungry people in the house of the Lord? Amen. It is only logical that Jesus would use hunger and thirst to describe the great spiritual need to desire after righteousness because everybody in this world, amen, young, old, rich, poor, Amen. Has uh, can relate to the concept of of physical hunger. It is a frequent human urge. Amen. That that has desperation as its driving force. Hunger and thirst are the two great equalizers of life. Both kings and peasants have felt hungry and thirsty. Both rich and poor have felt hungry and thirsty. Now, maybe they felt it to a different degree, but everybody knows what it's like to have that pang of hunger hit you in the middle of the afternoon. Amen. Even if one can't fulfill the desire, amen, while the other one has the money or the resources to fulfill the desire of hunger or thirst, they have both felt 
that primal urge to eat or to drink something when they're hungry or when they're thirsty. It is in our nature, our survival instinct, if you will, to eat and to drink away those uncomfortable pangs. In fact, I'm preaching to people today that are hungry physically. And I'm the only thing standing between you and Applebee's buffalo wings. Praise God. When somebody is hungry, I'm going to focus in on hunger because I could talk about thirst. Amen. And I will talk about thirst as well. But, amen, when somebody's hungry, they have a drop in their blood sugar. Their energy levels begin to plummet. And their body, amen, based on its survival instinct, sends out a distress signal. The fight or flight survival instinct kicks in and it screams as unruly and, 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 and a little maybe uh, extreme. You just ate a couple hours ago, but it screams to you because of your metabolism. Eat uh, something or drink something or you're going to die. There is something, it's in our internal nature that kicks into overdrive that is telling us, uh, amen, this natural function, uh, amen, is telling us you got to eat something uh, because if you don't eat something, uh, you might not survive another moment even if it's not true because many of us got some reserves left on the side. Amen. I stopped praying, Lord, enlarge my territory when I was evangelizing. God, don't enlarge my territory let me get to the gym, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but yet it doesn't matter whether you got reserves for a minute or for a year. Your body will tell you the same as somebody else that if you don't eat something, you will die. You won't make it another moment. It's yelling at you and screaming at you, trying to get your attention like, a, like somebody trying to pull you out of the fire. If you don't eat a muffin, you're not going to make it. This natural function can cause people to become grumpy. Now just stare straight ahead. Can cause some to get agitated until that void is filled with potato chips. It's so common that we've even created nomenclature and words for it. We call it hangry. Do I got any hangry folks in the house of the Lord? Amen. You, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but if I have not slept or ate, that's, that's the only time you're going to see me a little... A little sharp, amen. Have you ever met somebody that's hangry? Or have you ever been hangry yourself? You know what a hangry person is? They're unbearable to be around. They're inconsolable. Nothing you can do will matter. Doesn't matter what you get them, buy them. It doesn't matter uh, what you say. If they've not filled the void of hunger, they just cannot be taken around here or taken around there. They've got one singular focus, uh, and that's to get food. They don't want to go here. They don't want to talk to that person. They don't want to do this or that. They just got one desire, and it's that thing burning in their system saying, if you don't eat something, you're going to die. When you got a hangry person on your hand, they can be the most difficult person to work with uh, as long as they're hangry. Can I give some great counseling advice? Always have a snack on hand. Amen. Praise God. For folks that always get in fights with their spouse, just always have a snack on hand. Amen. That goes both for the, for the husband and for the wife. Amen. But it's just there, there's that difficulty level that only exists because there's this natural urge that says if you don't eat and fill this void, you're going to die. And says if I don't get something in my system... I'm just not interested in anything else. 
Amen. Can I talk to somebody for a moment? Jesus qualified, amen, this idea. He talked about hunger. It's something we can all understand. Uh, amen. That hunger, it's, it's looking to be satiated. It's looking to be quenched. It's looking to be filled. It's looking to be taken care of. Amen. It's looking for a snack. It's looking for something to drink. And Jesus starts talking to us, and he starts relating us, amen, to the spiritual side of life. Amen. As it is with your natural man, if there's a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, he said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're a blessed individual. If your appetite is leading you to be more righteous, you're a blessed individual. If that insatiability, if that hunger, or if that thirst, if that thing rises up in your spirit that says, if I don't get righteousness, I die. If I don't get righteousness, I cease to exist. Can I preach to people that are at church on a Wednesday night? Uh, you're a blessed people. i tell you why. Because you've got an insatiability in your spirit uh, that says, I need more Jesus. I need more righteousness. I need more God or I won't survive. Oh, somebody ought to give God a hand clap of praise and a shout all across this house. Are there any insatiable, unquenchable saints of God at church on a Wednesday night that came and said, I've got a hunger in my spirit for more of Jesus. I've got a thirst in my spirit for more of Jesus. Somebody ought to love him all across this house. Oh, come on, let's love him all across this building. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I got to talk about it because Jesus talked about it. Amen. He did qualify the hunger and the insatiability when he talked about thirsting and hungering after righteousness. Amen. This word righteousness is what we could say the word equitable. Amen. Life's not fair, but it can be equitable. Amen. It's it can be just. It can be in right standing, amen, to walk right before your God, amen. And so he says, you're blessed if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because with that very statement, he is letting us know that it is also possible to hunger and thirst after unrighteousness. Hallelujah. It is also possible to have an appetite towards things that are not necessarily righteous. Things that maybe are completely and utterly unrighteous. The concept is universal and relatable for us today. When we hunger or thirst, we'll reach for anything that's available that looks as if it could satiate the desire and fill that void. And fill that gap in our lives. I know there's people here today, you're on a strict diet. Maybe you're not, but you want to be. But if you get hungry enough, you'll go to the cupboard and grab the chips you told yourself not to buy because you are hungry. If you are thirsty, amen, you might reach instead of grabbing a glass of water, you might, amen, grab some Mountain Dew. Praise God. I preached for one man in the church that would grab some Mountain Dew or a gallon of milk. Praise God. Even though you know it's not going to completely satisfy you like water really would. 
You're grabbing for a fuel, and you're indiscriminately grabbing for that fuel. Your car takes gas, but you put diesel in it. Amen. You put some ethanol only in there, and you know it might get you a little bit down the road, but eventually it's going to clog the engine. This is why we'll grab some chicken fingers, and we'll grab some fried food when we're hungry because we're just reaching for anything that will satiate the desire. And I've come to talk to somebody here tonight. Amen. It's been said, and my, I used to, I've said this for years, never go shopping when you're hungry. Can I preach to some single folk? Never go shopping when you're hungry. Amen. Never go looking for a spouse when you're desperate. Uh, never. Can I preach to some folks in the house of the Lord? If you've not been spiritually fed, don't go shopping in this lost and lonely and desperate world. Never make decisions that would impact your life if you are spiritually unfed and spiritually starved because it's in that moment we make carnal decisions. It's in that moment we make regrettable decisions. We make choices where we create an Ishmael that was never intended to be there. We get into relationships that should never have been there because we went out there hungry in our spirit but unfed. Oh, I think we ought to lift up our hands. Come on, I think we ought to pray for just a moment. Because I'm preaching to people that you've been walking around, uh, amen, and you've been, you've been slowly but surely fasting, but not in a spiritual way. Uh, you've not been feeding your spirit. You've not been feeding your spirit. And now you're going out into a world, uh, and you're looking for snacks. You're looking for things uh, that will satiate you for a moment. Somebody pray. Come on all across this house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray for just a few moments. I, I didn't come with a deep thought. I didn't come with something that's so incredible. I came to just talk to where we're living. Uh, amen. Don't be satiated uh, by the things of this world. Uh, amen. Don't be satiated uh, by the sinful things of this world, the unrighteous things of this world. Don't be satiated by life. Amen. This is the issue that we see in the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. She's a perfect representation of most of us when we are not being spiritual. Those of us that get caught up trying to satisfy the emptiness and the void with other things, even though we understand and maybe we know or maybe we don't, that true satisfaction comes from God alone. This is the woman that's had five husbands and is currently shacked up with a man that is not her husband. That sounds a lot like our world today. Because she thinks that if I can find the next man, it's going to fix the void. She went out hungry. And Jesus, she went out thirsty. And Jesus meets her at a well and says, if you come to this well with your little bucket and you come to this well, you will keep coming back to this well because it doesn't satisfy. He said, but if you talk to me and ask me, I'll give you a, riv a river of living waters on the inside of you. Uh, I'll give you something that you can, get, you can take of it, you can drink of it, and you'll never thirst again. You'll can I preach to somebody that if we can get the right things in our life, uh, if we can get Jesus Christ moving in our lives, uh, we don't have to go back to the old wells uh, that always left us hungry, that always left us thirsty. You don't need another relationship with somebody on earth. You need a relationship with Jesus. You, 
Come on. What we really need is the hunger and the thirst after righteousness. What we really need is to have that hunger and that drive and that desperation for the things of God. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, what's, what's pulling on you? Uh, what's what's, what's get, getting your attention? Uh, what's, what's, what's calling to your appetite? Uh, is it the things of God or is it the things of man? Uh, is it the things of God or is it the things of this world? Is it righteousness or unrighteousness? It's been said that nature abhors a vacuum. In other words, if there is emptiness, something will fill it. The old phrase, is the glass half empty or half full? That's a dumb question. The glass is always full. Hallelujah. It's just not always full of water. Because the moment that you drink the water, it is displaced by oxygen. In other words, when you created emptiness in it, uh, and you create emptiness when you drink the water, oxygen immediately fills it because nature is going to fill the voids, uh, and it's going to fill it in. So when you dump the water out of the glass, uh, you might think it's empty, but it's full of air. You can't see it. Uh, you can't weigh it. Uh, the percentage of the contents change, uh, but there's still uh, amen, something that is filling that glass. It is the same in each of us. There is a vacuum in our lives that can only be filled with God. Amen. And when God is not filling that place, other things are going to come, and it's going to pull other things into that hole to try to fill it. Can I preach to somebody? If you don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're going to go off, amen, endlessly gorging on affirmation from other people to fill your insecurities. You'll go off looking for pleasures of life, amen, whether it be through travel or through food or through other people. You will look for activities and hobbies and relationships, and some will go as far as to find themselves a new addiction or because they're trying to fill that void. The world is filling this, they feel this vacuum, and they're doing everything they can to fill the void. They feel empty, they feel empty, they feel empty, and so they're pulling this in and pulling that in and pulling this in and pulling that in, but it'll never satiate. It'll never satisfy. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. I'm just about done preaching. Come on, that's the world. Come on, that's the world, but that also happens in the church. Hallelujah. You try to fill that void with other things besides God, and you're going to keep being empty. You're going to keep being empty, but God sent a preacher to tell you, fill it with Jesus. Fill it with Jesus. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Oh, let's pray for just a moment. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That emptiness will be filled by nothing but Jesus. 
Come on, Jesus only, Jesus only, Jesus only, Jesus only. Hallelujah. He's going to be the one to fill you up. He's going to be the only thing that can fill you up. And when you desire all these other things, you'll recognize real quick they last for but a moment, and then they dissipate. They disappear, and they leave you feeling more empty. Jesus told a parable about the weeds, the wayside. He said that, that the weeds are like the cares of this life. They choke the word, and it becomes unprofitable. It's not that the word is powerless, but it's because other things fill the void. And it choked out the word, and it no longer fulfills its purpose. And as long as we fill ourselves with things that are not righteousness, we will find, amen, this is why when you start missing church, it's easier to miss church. Amen. This is why when you stop praying, it's easier to stop praying. Amen. This is why when you stop being a worshiper, it's that much easier to stop worshiping. This is why anybody that goes to turn around and start praying again, it feels like they're climbing up a steep hill. Amen. Because for so long they let the weeds gather and they let the weeds grow up and they're wondering where the fruit went and they're wondering where the good things went. I'll tell you where it went. You filled that void with things that don't fill the void. Jesus said the blessing is upon those that maintain an insatiable hunger and thirst for righteousness. The only way that you and I can maintain an insatiable, that means unquenchable, that means no matter what you do, just like it is in the world, you try to fill yourself but it doesn't fill it. The only way for you and I to maintain an insatiable desire for God and the things of God is to continually be emptying ourselves of the unrighteousness and emptying ourselves of anything that doesn't please God and emptying ourselves. I know it's simple preaching tonight but it's right and it's real and the only way you can maintain that desperation for God is removing the other things that have led to comfort and removing the things that have made you feel like you're full and removing the things that make you feel like the void is gone and removing all the other things I feel the Holy Ghost in this house yeah it's possible in fact you find in the Bible there's people Amen. There's 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 some people got uh, there's a thing called strange addictions. They eat paint and all sorts of stuff. In fact, you find that in the Bible. The Bible says that uh, that Eglon ate dirt. We know he ate dirt because when he got stabbed, dirt came out. There's people that will eat things that aren't even food. I just came to talk to us tonight. They will eat things that all they do is make them feel full. Yep. Yep, there are places in the world that because of a lack of food, they make little clay biscuits. And those clay biscuits are nothing more than just trying to make you feel full. And we can go through life, and we can go to church, and we can lift our hands, and we can say, well, didn't we have great church? We feel full. But no, we're in that. Uh, did we empty out all that junk uh, and say, God, no, I don't want the fake. I want the real. I don't want clay biscuits when I come to church. I want the meat of God's word. I want the milk of his word. I want it sweeter to my taste than honey. It's better than the best of all. 
I want to be fed. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Jesus evangelizing said, I got meat you don't know of. There's something that happens when you do the spiritual. There's something that happens when you do the righteous that all of a sudden you are fed in a way that other people are not fed. You are blessed in a way that other people are not blessed. Oh, I feel Jesus. We can fill ourselves with junk. Amen. This is, some people wonder, well, pastor, are you still against television? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But now it's not on a screen. It's on your phone. Well, that's a little archaic and old school. Amen. But I'm seeing a generation rising up that's got TikTok and got YouTube, and they know how to binge watch everything, but they can't quote you one verse about the oneness of God. And I'm not bashing this generation. I'm not, I'm not even talking about age specific in this generation because I've seen old and I've seen young that have the same problem. They're addicted to Facebook and addicted to Instagram. And all that stuff is a clay biscuit that makes you feel full, but it's not really satiating. It's not really fulfilling its desire. It's not really helping you metabolize or getting anything in your spirit. It might make your belly swell, but it won't add one bit to your stature. It won't make you a better Christian. It won't make you a more prayerful person. But if you can get to a prayer meeting, it'll make you better. If you can grab the Word of God and open it, you'll be unique in this generation. You'll be You'll be peculiar in this generation if you can open up the Word of God, if you can get to church, if you can worship the Lord, if you can fill yourself with righteousness. Oh, let's pray all across this house. Come on. Come on, empty me, God, of all that unrighteousness. It's not even things that will send you to hell, but there's things that will help you miss, that will make you miss out on your purpose. Amen. It's just a clay biscuit. It's just a clay biscuit. you got to pull it out. Say, God, no more of that. No more of that. I, I, I am getting, I've watched it, and I, I get it. i got to preach towards it because, I understand my assignment. I don't know if Jesus is showing up in my lifetime or the next. But I can tell you right now, we've never seen a generation that is more filled up with junk. I'm again, I'm not talking about age specific. I'm talking about this current culture. Amen. So filled up with trash and filled up with junk. Uh, amen. I, 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 I get it. There's something. And I'm not even talking about things that are sinful. Amen. Again, we, we've got to get the idea of is this a heaven or hell issue out of our minds. Uh, it's not about a heaven or hell issue. Amen. Does it get you closer to God? Does it get you closer to your purpose? Or is it leading you further away? Is it giving you nutrients? Uh, Paul put it this way. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, if they're any praise, if there be a good report, uh, amen, he said, if it's praiseworthy, think on these things. What's he really saying? Uh, there's got to be something uh, that is edifying to your life. Uh, there's got to be something uh, that when I eat this uh, in my spirit, uh, it's giving me vitamins in the spirit. Uh, it's giving me nutrients in the spirit. Uh, it's making me a stronger Christian, not a weaker Christian. It's making me more prayerful, not less prayerful. It's making me more dependent on God, not 
not less dependent on God. And whatever it is uh, that's inhibiting uh, me from seeking after Jesus, uh, it's got to empty out of my life. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Jesus said in John chapter 7, he stood up on that last great day of the feast. We don't know about feasts like that. We got potlucks and super Sundays, and We don't know about feasts like the Jews had feasts. They feasted for weeks. They feasted for harvest. They feasted for all sorts of stuff. And this was the last great day of the feast. They had been eating for weeks. They had been at the buffet for all you buffet lovers. All you Golden Corral fans. They had been buffeting all they could. And I think it's very interesting that on this last great day of the feast, Jesus, who they didn't even know he was there, he stands up and says, if anybody is hungry, let them come to me. Isn't it interesting that it was at a feast he wanted to find out if there's anybody left that's insatiable for the things of God. Are you insatiable for the things of God or have you been filled up at this feast? Are you still hungry for more or has the world taken care of your needs? Are you desiring more of God or have you got just enough to make it through another year? Amen. Do you want more of me or are you satisfied with the experience you've had up until this point? Is there anybody that after eating and eating and eating and eating and eating uh, is still hungry? Uh, is there anybody uh, that's got an insatiable, unquenchable appetite uh, that after having eaten for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, they've still got room for Jesus? church. Amen. The, the, the kingdom of God has been going forth uh, since the day of Pentecost. Uh, amen. And can I talk about modern day Pentecost? Uh, amen. We've heard the greatest preaching. Uh, amen. Some of us have been to some of the greatest moves of God and the greatest conferences. Uh, amen. Nobody can out-preach the men that have amen, died and gone on. Uh, amen. We've heard it. We've observed it. We've feasted on it. We've enjoyed it. Uh, amen. But I've got a question for the church today. Uh, are you satisfied? Have you had enough? Or are you still hungry for more? I want us to stand across the building and clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on. Are you satisfied? Are you satiated? Or are you needing God to do something else? Come on. I know you've encountered moves of God. I know we've had powerful moves of God. But in 2022, are there any hungry people left? Come on. There's a feast in this world. There's a feast in this modern society. But is there anybody that's hungry for Jesus? I feel Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's pray. Come on, my soul longs for you. As in a dry and desert land, I thirst for you. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Oh, God, to see as I did in your sanctuary. Oh, God.
God uh, to experience what I experience in your tabernacle again. Oh, God, I need more. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Come on, are you hungry? Or have you had enough? Are you filled up? Or you got room for dessert? You got room for more? Come on, let's pray. Come on, ARC. You've been living for God a while. Are you done? Have you had enough? Or do you still hunger for revival? Come on, you, you've heard the greatest preaching. Come on. You've had some of the greatest men of God come through this church. Are you good? Or could you go for another, another round? Could you go for a little more? Could you go for, I, I got room for another service. I got room for more of Jesus. It's interesting to me that Two people can come into the same service, Elder Johnson. And one will leave and go, man, it was all right. And another one can come and say, that was an incredible move of God. They encountered the exact same thing. I've seen it. We've all seen it. People coming into church for the first time. And they're going, man, I'm so glad I'm in church. And they're, they don't even know what they're doing. But they, start, they start jumping. They start lifting their hands. They don't even know what's happening. And there's some people been around for a while on their way out of the kingdom going, man, I'm tired of this. Same old, same old manna every day. What's the difference? Is that one came empty. One came with an insatiable appetite. But I've also seen this, and I think it's the most powerful thing in all the world. And I want you to hear me. The most powerful thing in the church is not the new convert that comes through the door empty from all the junk in this world. But it's that saint of God that has been at the feast Week in and week out. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting. And you let them know. Creme brulee's on the way. You got room for dessert? Hey, I don't know about you, but I was always taught you always save room for dessert. I wonder what else God has. Maybe you've already had your main course. Maybe you've already encountered everything that you consider to be that of substance and that of, of high-quality five-star steakhouse in your religious life. Maybe you've had it all, but I wonder if there's anybody that's hungry enough. They've got room for more. They've got room for dessert.
In 2022, do you got room for more? Or you had enough with social media? Do you got room for more? Or have you been going through the motions long enough where you got it all figured out? Do you got room for more? Or have you taken a doggy bag home with you? I want to remind somebody there aren't no doggy bags in the kingdom. Manna, when you don't eat it, it, does, it goes bad. If you don't eat it, you don't metabolize it, you don't ingest it, it doesn't work anymore. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that says, God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm thirsty. God, I've got an appetite. God, I just, I just haven't had enough yet. God, I'm, I'm going to act like I showed up even to the buffet late, and I got room for more. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, those that are insatiable when it comes to righteousness for the things of God, because the Bible declares they shall be filled. If you come to this house saying, God, you come to this house saying, God, I've got room for more, he will fill you with that more. If you come to this altar saying, i got room for more, whatever you got room for, that you made room for, you will be filled in that moment. Come on, let's pray. Or maybe you came today and you're saying, I, I feel pretty full right now, preacher. My heart's filled up. My life's filled up. I've kind of got everything situated. You need to come down to this altar, amen, and say, God, remove all that other stuff, amen, that is blocking me from getting more of you. God, remove the clay biscuits from this world. God, remove all that junk that I've been having on my phone. God, remove all that mess. Come on, somebody pray. Blessed are the insatiable. Blessed are the unquenchable. Blessed are those with an appetite for the things of God, for they shall be filled. Somebody pray as, as they begin to sing. Somebody pray in this house. Come on, I haven't had enough yet. I haven't had enough yet. I haven't been satisfied yet. I got room for more, Jesus. If you got another blessing, I got room for one more blessing. God, if you got another miracle, I got room for one more miracle. God, if you're doing something in this season, I got room for more. that's not like you. It's not like you, not like you. Empty me of everything that's not like you. That's it, church. Pray. Fill me with your glory. Come on. At the feast. Is there Fill anybody that's still hungry? In the altar. Is there anybody that's still hungry? In the worship service. Is there anybody that's still hungry? Fill me with your goodness. Your love that has no limit. Spirit, Lord, I long to be like you. 
at church let's pray for a few moments longer God empty me maybe it's the stuff of this world God I've kind of filled myself up with junk God empty me of that junk God maybe it's pursuits of things that don't really matter God remove those things God help me to pour those things out oh God or maybe I've just encountered and enjoyed so much of your presence God I I don't want to I don't want to be satisfied with it God I want to I want to hunger for more God increase my capacity for more feel hunger in the house of God come on I feel hunger in the house of God and when you hunger and thirst he fills when you hunger and thirst he fills when you got that vacuum in your life he fills that vacuum he fills that void hallelujah hallelujah praise God praise God now I think with the exception of some that haven't quite hit that age yet, everybody in this room at one point or another was a teenager. And they they called me the, well, I was the garbage disposal, praise God. I got saved and they called me the church raccoon, you know what I'm saying? I just, any potluck that was available, I was there. Any, any meal at somebody's house, I was there. And you know, my brother, we used to joke, he'd eat everything, and, you know, we, I was the youngest, and so you had to eat the fastest, or you wouldn't get seconds. And so I, I can eat like somebody from the military. In fact, I sit there for the next 30 minutes waiting for my wife to finish her first bite, and I'm thinking, man, come on, let's go. I'm ready to eat the rest of her food, too. But when I was a teenager, when my brother was a teenager, we used to have this joke that both of us had a hollow leg because we sit down to eat. And, and we'd, we'd eat a whole bunch. We'd out-eat everybody, and I was a quarter his size. And, and then, I, I mean, we just stood up, and we shook a leg, and we had room for more. So, folks, you need to come to church on Sunday and shake a leg. and <laughs> Come on, somebody, and just, you need to go home tonight. And take some stuff out of your house. Shake a leg. Empty it out. 
and make room for more of God. There's some folks, you've been acting like you're full for too long. The problem we have in America is obesity. The problem we have in the church is anorexia in the spirit. It should be inverse. It should be opposite. In our spirit, we should be well fed. Praise God. Because we just keep going back. Amen. You know, uh, I want to tell you about this kingdom I sang about earlier. Come and dine. Come and dine. He fed 5,000. There was baskets left over. You know why there was baskets left over? Because they stopped eating. And he would have kept feeding them until every last one of them was full. And just to prove the point, he filled up 12 baskets. One for each disciple in case they got hungry on the road home. Because sometimes disciples have a little more of an appetite. And Jesus is looking at us and letting us know this is an all-you-can-eat buffet. Praise God for my folks that love all-you-can-eat. Now, I don't know, has anybody ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? Okay, if you haven't, you need to go, brother. Let me tell you, you know what I'm talking about. It's good, okay. They got one in Reno. Go bless them. Praise God. They got, they got this little thing. Now, I get it. It's, you know, some people, well, I don't know about that. Just let me bless you. I've already done the spiritual stuff. Now let me do the carnal funny stuff. Praise God. But you, you, you just come, and they bring all this steak, and they go, would you like the chorizo? And you go, no, I don't want none of that cheap stuff. Come on, keep it coming. Would you like the chicken, sir? No, 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 get rid of that cheap stuff. Come on, bring me the good stuff. No, I'm kidding. You take it, and you eat it, you eat it, you eat it, you eat it, you eat it. And then at some of them, they have this little card. It's green or red. And if it's green, it means I, I still got room for more. And if it's red, it says, I think I need a little break. Give me a moment. And then eventually they come by after it's been red for a long time. And they think, you must be done. Would you like me to bring you the check? Would you like to check out? And there's some folks, you've been on red for too long. And the devil's coming by saying, would you like to just check out of church and check out of the kingdom and just get done? But you need to take that thing in your spirit right now and flip it over and say, God, I got room for more. I'm not finished. You need to stand up in your spirit, shake a leg. Uh, you need to do whatever you got to do uh, and say, God, uh, amen, if there's more on the table, I'm going to go after it. If God's got more for my family, I'm going after it. If God's got more for my walk, I'm going after it. If God's got more for my ministry, I'm going after it. If God's got more for my marriage, I'm going after it. If God's got more for my kids, I'm going after it. If God's got more for my church, I'm going after it. Flip that thing over in your spirit and say, God, I got room for more. I'm still hungry for more. Would you lift up your hands one more time all across this house. Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that if there is anybody that's hungry, anybody that's currently not satiated, God, that you will fill every last bit of them. I pray, God, that we would keep and maintain that insatiability, God, that unquenchable desire for more of God. Amen. God, I thank you for everybody in this house. I thank you, Lord, that I've been blessed to be in church almost 20 years. But, Lord, I want to let you know in my spirit, I still got room for more. I'm still hungry for more. I'm still thirsty for more. So, God, keep your blessings coming. Keep your word coming. Keep your favor coming. 
coming. Keep your correction coming. Keep your rebuke coming. Keep your chastisement coming. Whatever it is, good or bad, I'm ready for it. Bring it to me, Lord. If it's a blessing or it's correction, God, whatever it is, more faith, God, more victory, more grace, more mercy, God. I'm ready for more in Jesus' wonderful name. Father, we love you. We thank you. Bless this church. Bring us back safely in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands. Be friendly. Love one another. Praise God. In Jesus' name, we'll see you on Sunday or sooner. Amen. God bless. Amen. Uh, Elder Johnson and the music team, Sister Sonia for playing, and uh, Brother Branson for playing, all of our singers. How many enjoyed that? Amen. Come and dine. Praise God. God bless you in Jesus' name.